Mary Jones by Alice Perrin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The doctor stopped his dog cart in front of a little wooden gate in the roadside hedge. Here's the last of them, he said, relief in his voice. His companion, a short, spare man, browned by eastern sun, descended from the trap and waited while the doctor tied the reins to the gate-post. All this afternoon the two had driven about the scattered parishes to clumps of cottages, to lonely farms, now and then to superior dwellings, and once through many acres of park to where, in a great old stone house, a servant lay ill. Tomorrow the doctor would start on his long-delayed holiday. The thin, brown man was his locum tenens, and today had been spent in explaining and introducing the cases that were to be left in the stranger's care. The surrounding country was bleak and high, with distant railway communication, wide, sloping fields, dense hedges, thick stone walls, and steep hills. The habitations seemed to have been placed, purposely, as far apart as possible. But it was springtime. Primroses clustered close about the roots of giant trees. Bluebells wove a coloured carpet for the copses. The plaintive, exacting bleat of lambs quavered on the clean, fresh atmosphere, and across the azure brightness of the sky marched a great army of white clouds in triumphant procession. The Anglo-Indian looked about him, and breathed the pure air with keen enjoyment. In his thoughts, he contrasted his present surroundings with the sun-baked land he had left but a few weeks back, where human beings, both dark and white, might be perfectly well in the morning and dead before the day was out, where he had seen natives die by hundreds in the twenty-four hours, and where he had treated, continuously, such terrible maladies as plague, smallpox, leprosy, cholera. Today he had seen teething ailments, whooping cough, rheumatism, bad legs, and worn-out, bedridden peasants dying peacefully, readily, of old age, their approaching ends discussed in their presence with cheerful interest by their friends. How different it was! The homely complaints, the old-world cottage interiors, the remote and monotonous lives, the English landscapes, the fresh, uncertain weather. And yet, in the midst of his appreciation and relief, the doctor from India was conscious, reluctantly, of a curious little throb of nostalgia for the vast, sun-soaked plains he had left, the seething bazaars, redolent of musk and spice and oriental humanity, the little villages flanked by clumsy mango groves, and the great, silent spaces of the jungle. Yet how thankful he had been to get away! Tired, in indifferent health, weary of exile, but still having within him the incurable unrest of the seasoned Anglo-Indian, the unrest that had driven him to answer the advertisement of a country doctor, and take this temporary work, that he might have occupation for mind and time, the while he gained benefit from bracing air 
and comparative quiet. Old Jones had a stroke a couple of years ago, said Dr. Rowe, pausing at the gate. He's a very old man, nearer ninety than eighty. He may go out at any moment now, so I just keep an eye on him. He pushed open the gate and led the way up a narrow, flagged path, with cabbages on either side and clumps of daffodils and wallflowers at irregular intervals. A jackdaw swung in a wicker cage by the cottage door. It made sane, the man from India, remember captive miners, quail, partridges, parrots, hanging outside the bungalows of departmental clerks and subordinates. He felt vaguely annoyed that he could not shake his memory free of India, even over the veriest trifle. Bending his head, he followed his leader through a dangerously low entrance into the dimness of a cramped little dwelling-room. The usual stuffy cottage odour met his nostrils. He saw, against the opposite wall, an oak dresser covered with a miscellaneous collection of objects. Japanned trays, wooden boxes, shells, china and glass ornaments. Much modern rubbish mingled, ignorantly, with some genuinely old bits. A deal table stood in the middle of the floor, and a shabby chair-bed was stretched beneath the window. A fire smouldered in the tiny range, and a kettle hissed drowsily. Over the high mantel-shelf that bore china dogs and gaudy biscuit-boxes hung a crude, coloured picture. Sane, glancing at it, recognised the Taj at Agra. Good heavens! India again! Then, Seeing a white-bearded patriarch dozing in a cartwheel chair, he wondered if Jones had been a soldier in his day, and had seen service in the East. Behind the chair, in the shadow, stood an old woman who curtsied in respectful welcome. Her straight white hair was crowned with a man's cloth cap. She wore a faded print gown, and a coarse apron. Her shriveled skin was the colour of tanned leather and sunken dark eyes glinted deep in her head. Sane observed the old lady with interest while Dr. Rowe explained to her the situation, and made inquiries concerning the health of her husband. There was something about the woman's wrinkled face that puzzled Sane, something in the dull fire of the deep-set eyes, and the outline of the head and shoulders, that seemed to him different from the ordinary type of countrywoman, for all her evident years, she retained traces of beauty in the modelling of her features, and of grace in her carriage. The snow-white hair beneath the discoloured cloth cap was abundant and of fine quality. The ears were small and well-shaped, the wrists and hands slender. Old Joan sat vacant, helpless. Mary, his wife, made respectful replies with a strong rustic accent to Dr. Rowe's questions and remarks. The kettle sang, the spring sunshine penetrated between the flower-pots that blocked the window-sill, and shot in a golden shaft across the red-tiled floor. Close to suffocation was the atmosphere, and the two doctors were glad to escape from it as soon as possible. "'Is Mrs. Jones of gypsy origin?' asked Sam as presently they drove down the narrow lane. Rowe glanced at his companion in some surprise. Not that I know of. Why? She's much the same as all the other old bodies about the countryside. White hair, a wrinkled skin, and a general air of stupidity. 
she struck me as rather out of the common but of course i haven't much experience of english village folk sane deprecated oh they're a very ordinary old couple jones was a soldier in his youth a very long time ago now they sell poultry and eggs and such like at the nearest market the old lady walks there every week pushing a sort of go-cart full of her wares four miles each way so far as i can gather her power of endurance is the only uncommon thing about her look pointing over the edge with his whip there goes a fine old cock pheasant the shooting hereabouts ought to be first-rate but nobody can afford to preserve so it's horribly neglected their talk turned on sport mary jones and her husband were forgotten it was not until dr rowe had been more than a week in enjoyment of his holiday that sane had occasion to remember the old couple again the day had been boisterous and showery he had driven far that afternoon and was glad as the evening drew in sharp and chilly to rest in a comfortable armchair in front of a welcome fire but presently he was disturbed by the rush and throb of a motor-car and a violent peal at the door-bell he went into the hall and interrupted a parley between his servant and a leather-clad begoggled figure on the doorstep what is it he asked won't you come in very sorry can't was the answer in a desperate hurry must get on without delay i inquired for the doctor's house when we reached the village because i'm sorry to say we knocked down an old woman about three miles back just outside her cottage gate she was a bit dazed at first but she said she wasn't hurt and i don't think she was for she walked up to her door all right i gave her a sovereign her name's jones i thought it was best to let the doctor know and here's my card in case anything happens sorry about it but we weren't going fast and she came out of her gate without the least warning good night the traveller stepped into his palpitating conveyance and was out of sight and hearing before sane had returned to his fireside so poor old mary jones had been bowled over by a motor-car but according to the motorist she was unhurt sane thought rather wistfully of the well-cooked dinner that was just ready and looked at the comfortable chair with a low table beside it on which lay a particularly interesting book together with his tobacco-pouch and pipe mary jones had declared herself unhurt had walked unaided into her cottage and had the sovereign to console her all the same she was an old woman the shock might easily produce the most disastrous consequences even without actual injury she was alone but for the presence of her helpless old husband yes he must go after a few mouthfuls of food and a gulp of whisky and soda he packed a bag with possible medical necessaries and set off on his bicycle a light twinkled feebly from the jones cottage the door was not quite shut and sane pushed it open without knocking there sat old jones in the cartwheel chair before the range the kettle shooting at him a thin arrow of steam the doctor looked around the close little room on the bed under the window lay mary jones in her print gown and coarse apron the cloth cap still on her white head her eyes were wide open and she was muttering rapidly to herself sane saw that she was delirious but as he laid his hand upon her wrist he felt as though a sudden blow had been dealt to his understanding for the words that were coming fast from her lips were hindustani words hindustani not english 
he listened to the familiar tongue and heard the old woman babble incoherently of scented garlands and attar of roses of marriage feasts of spangled gossamer of jewels and rupees and of the beat of the tom-tom with an effort he gave his medical attention to the case and soon the painful unnatural murmur ceased and the strained glittering eyes closed gently sane sat beside the motionless figure conjecturing as to what strange secret could be hidden beneath the disguise of plain old mary jones described by dr rowe as being much the same as all the other old bodies about the countryside he examined one of the wrinkled hands it was brown and toil-worn the nails were dirty and broken the thin wedding-ring hung loose certainly the skin was dark but not darker than that of many an old englishwoman of sallow complexion who had suffered constant exposure to all weathers he glanced at jones unheeding and tranquil in his chair and then his gaze wandered upward to the crude picture of the taj all white and blue and green what was the connection between this outwardly prosaic old country couple and that land of eternal mysteries india the patient lay quiet the old man snored gently presently sane rose and went out into the cool twilight for a breath of air india seemed very remote and unreal to him as he stood there in the wild spring night the cherry tree at the corner creaked and rustled the smell of wet earth and the scent of daffodils and wallflowers was blown about him how different from the musky perfumes and scented garlands babbled of by mary jones in her delirium he almost laughed at the fantastic comparison and began to question whether the old woman had really spoken in hindustani or if he could by any possibility have imagined it a sound from within the cottage made him turn to re-enter the little room but on the threshold he paused aghast for mary jones was standing upright in the narrow space between the couch and the table the cloth cap had fallen from her head her white locks straggled to her shoulders the sunken black eyes gleamed and glittered and she began in a cracked nasal voice to sing a curious minor melody that sane recognized instantly he had heard it chanted so often in native processions had caught its echo from bizarre housetops on hot weather nights it had floated towards him from dusky entrances and he had listened to it in rajah's palaces the song of the notch girl then he saw that jones was awake that the old man had moved in his chair and with palsied head quivering helplessly he was pointing a gnarled forefinger at his wife now she twisted and turned her old body her feet in their clumsy boots shuffled on the brick floor the wrinkled withered hands waved and gesticulated mind and memory had swept back over the wide space of many years to the time of her youth when surely she had been no englishwoman no mary jones in print gown and coarse apron with rustic speech and yokel apathy but what all in a moment she swayed and tottered the song ceased abruptly in a shuddering gasp and sane stepping forward caught a lifeless body in his arms 
Gently he laid it on the narrow chair-bed, and, as he listened for the heartbeats that he knew instinctively were stilled forever, he became aware that the old man was trying to speak. Patiently the doctor waited as thin, quavering sounds issued from that toothless mouth, till a few indistinct words were shaped with painful effort. They sounded to Sane like, Sixty year, little wench. And was it? Kashmir. Then the head sank forward, the worn-out consciousness relapsed into senility. For a few moments the doctor stood, seeing the little room with its eminently English contents, the ornaments, the hissing kettle, the rag mat in front of the range, the rough, solid furniture. He looked at the huddled figure in the armchair, dozing away the feeble remnant of life, and at the still form on the bed. What curious little history had he so nearly surprised? Was Mary Jones a native woman? Was it possible that in her far-off youth she had been a notch-girl? He considered the comparative fairness of her skin. Perhaps she had been brought down from Kashmir and bartered in one of the great cities of the plains? Had Jones taken her from a bazaar, married her, and brought her home as little more than a child, according to English standards? Stranger things had happened, Sane knew, in those bygone Indian days. And had she been severed for sixty years from the old life and language, to return to it in spirit at the hour of her death? The doctor roused himself. It was necessary to summon the parish nurse and he went out from the fusty little dwelling into the boisterous night, his imagination aflame with questions that could never now be answered. End of Mary Jones by Alice Perrin